0: Welcome to the Love Alexi podcast. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host. And uh, yeah, let me break this down for you. What is the Love Alexi podcast? Well, thank you so much for asking. It used to be a show where I would have guests on and we would have chats and go on long, fun, interesting, maybe, I hope, tangential journeys about life and love and feelings and their career and always inspiring guests who are very creative, who fascinate me. Um, and make incredible work who I think are interesting, but then what happened? I'll tell you, there was a global pandemic and it's still happening. It is happening now. Uh, I had taken a year off the podcast before the pandemic And then during this fucking wacky time in the world, um, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start doing the podcast again. But this time, of course, I'm not going to have any guests on the show because why would I do that? I don't want COVID. They don't want COVID. We want to play it safe. So now what I do is I read your emails. Yes, you, the listener out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, let me. Serve as the big sister you never knew you needed or wanted. Let me offer you loving, kind, thoughtful, big sisterly advice. So thank you to all of you who've who've sent me emails um, during these quarantine sessions of the Love Alexi podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I've got a stack full of emails to read today and to talk to today. You, the listeners and the people who send me emails, you're my guests. You are my guests. Can you hear my lisp? It just never ends. My lisp, the pandemic. Last episode, I was like totally confused on when the inauguration was. I was like, oh, it's tomorrow. That's weird. It's on a Sunday. I was completely wrong. I don't know what was wrong with me. Maybe I was just very excited. I got everything wrong. I read the news and then I think everybody was gearing up for the inauguration. And I was just like, me too. I'm gearing up as well. How exciting. Um, But I thought it was the following day and I was wrong and how embarrassing, but not embarrassing enough not to talk about it right now, uh, and not to stop doing my podcast completely. Anyway, if you're out there and you want me to be your big sis and give you solicited advice, I would love to do that. Nobody likes unsolicited advice. I know I sure don't. So if you'd like some solicited advice, please solicit me. At dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And uh, I'll read your your email on the show. If you don't want to, if you want to be anonymous, just give me a fake name. Sign the sign the note with a fake name, baby. Thank you. Oh man. So also, I mean, let's just get it all out there. This is as much for me as it is for you. If anybody's even listening, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Who cares? What does it all mean? Nothing. I don't know. Maybe everything. Who knows? let's let's back. Let's just get back on track, okay? Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not caffeinated enough, but I'm already too caffeinated. Somewhere in between there. Um, hmm. This is supposed to be a weekly podcast. And, you know, it's supposed to be for who? A weekly podcast. Uh, I decided this. And then I broke my own rules. And that's kind of a metaphor for what we do for to ourselves. We, we like, create these parameters to live within And then when we don't, we feel horrible, but you built the parameters. You did this to yourself. You boxed yourself in. Nobody else really cares but you. Just do what you feel. Reframe the situation. Anyway, so I've reframed the podcast situation, and now I'm, uh, it's clearly not a weekly show. It is a, uh, I'm doing an intuitive drop. All right. It comes out whenever I feel like it, when I intuitively need to put out an episode. Usually that's because there's so much guilt weighing on me being like, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. What the fuck? It's a pandemic. Everybody else is flourishing. Everybody seems to be becoming billionaires and famous and successful and happy and they're thriving. What are you doing? You can't even, you can't even put out a podcast on a weekly fucking basis when all you have to do is stare at a wall in the privacy of your own home, talking to a microphone into the ether literally essentially just to yourself. You can't even do that. And then just fucking upload it onto a dumb podcast website. You can't do that, Alexi. And to that, I say, well, relax, hold on. Jesus fucking Christ back off. It's a weird time. All right. God, did you hear that card just whiz past my place? Unbelievable. I take that personally. Like they're dying to get away from me anyway. So yeah. All right. I intuitively drop this podcast when I want to. Seems like that's happening every two weeks. But you know what? We'll see what happens. Go on this ride with me. Okay? This show can be another thing in life that you cannot count on. Because nothing, nothing in this lifetime is certain. Nothing. You can't have certainty about anything. That's one of my problems in relationships. I crave certainty. Certainty is what I crave. I sat down with a with a rabbi one day uh, years ago, like a couple of years ago, not even that long ago. We're friends on Instagram still. Um, I was on some kind of like journey searching for like meaning, suffering so intensely. Uh, if you've never heard this podcast before, it, it's I talk a lot about love, relationships, internal battles, suffering freeing yourself from the suffering I don't even know who I'm talking to what's going on here did you hear my stomach growl that's been a big theme for me during pandemic usually when I'm insta storing and by the way if we're not friends on Instagram that's a shame I think we should be because I consider that real friendship nowadays I really do maybe I don't sound completely genuine but I'm serious I'm a professional quarantiner. I stay in all the time. I love the quarantine lifestyle. I do get a little bit kooky at times. I sometimes do not leave my house for like a week. That is problematic for my mental health. But anyway, I do consider Instagram to be where I keep up with friends, where I forge new friendships, which is fucking miraculous and wonderful, like a blessing in disguise, a silver lining in this pandemic hell that we are living in, this bizarro time. Anyway, let's be friends on Instagram, at Alexi Wasser, where I maintain friendships and strengthen friendships I already had pre-pandemic, and I forge new friendships with people I hope to meet and one day hug post-pandemic. Yeah, so I remember sitting down with a rabbi somehow I was like put in contact with a rabbi I ended up on a text chain with like my friend and her boyfriend and his rabbi his rabbi and all of a sudden we're on I'm you know Alexi meet my rabbi you you two should meet up and I was like okay Uh, uh, why am I being put in this situation all right this I guess this is right up my alley I'll do it so I you know I got off the chain as one should do texted the rabbi directly. I know you don't need all the unnecessary details of my life and, uh, you know, me putting one foot in front of the other large foot, but, um, it ended up with me sitting down with a rabbi and me telling him about my relationship at the time. And I was spiraling and my feelings and my upbringing and my love quandaries and quarries and quarries. I think that's wrong, but whatever my love spirals. And, uh, yeah, he told me, Alexi, people have specific needs. We all have certain needs. And one is a need for certainty. But you, the level of certainty that you need in your life cannot be met. Nobody can give you 100% certainty. You can't get it, you know, we're all just going to die. You can't get it your, from your friends, from your family, from, you know, whatever happens your way in your career and living your life and your relationship and your romances. And I was like, oh, Shit got to work on that. And now you have to work on that because now you're about to, you're about to embrace, you're embracing a podcast that isn't going to be here for you every single week. Forcing you to embrace the uncertainty that is life. Anyway, I have a bunch of emails to read. Very excited about that. Watch so much television. Uh, I, I watch the I watched the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube, available for free, available for free on YouTube. Um, I woke up, I had like a bizarro ping, a ping uh, to watch the documentary that I had heard about. I've always thought she was interesting and you know I, I, I've i gone through the whole spectrum of like oh you know ew, Paris Hilton this that and the other whatever like she's a ditz and then I'm like what no she's a she's a businesswoman she's a businesswoman I've seen her around Los Angeles many times she's always been nice whenever I've seen her uh, and I was like fuck it I want to hear her story because I, I you know I heard there's some kind of PTSD form of abuse that she went through when she was little and that she lets down her guard and I wanted to know what's what about Paris Hilton and I've also watched everything else uh, available on the internet so I thought this is on the list this is next on the list so I watched it and I loved it and I love her more I think she's fascinating and uh, it's nice to witness her to get to know her better have her drop the baby voice and um let down her guard and share her upbringing which is fucking kooky going to boarding school this like horrible boarding school no spoilers won't give you the spoilers but I will say one thing that is a spoiler but it's a documentary so fucking get over it let's just do this it's, it's been out for a while um by the time this show drops this podcast drops it'll have been out for seven years um anyway But like her parents are bummed that she's going to nightclubs and she's like kind of like a wild child and they want her to be more conservative and they feel like she is just they can't get a handle on her. So they have her kidnapped, essentially kidnapped, where she's woken up in the middle of the night. She thinks she's being kidnapped she's screaming these two guys and like just come and grab her out of bed and throw her in a van and like take her to this place called Provo I believe this the school and uh and her parents just like turned you know just couldn't couldn't look at her and like let her be taken away to go to this bizarro school where she was abused ugh nightmare and then you had kind a of, you and a beautiful thing in the documentary is you get insight into her relationships and she's dating this one guy not so long ago and you just see how, like, what it is, who she dates and what it's like to date her. And, like, she is a massive, iconic mogul success. And really, she's just a girl standing from in front of a boy asking him to love her. And that's not easy. It's not easy to trust people when uh, your parents had you kidnapped and have been thrown in a truck, uh, taken to a fucking hellhole school, and you were abused there. Anyway, um, so, you know, and... Uh, don't get me wrong. There were parts of the documentary where I'm watching it, and I'm like, uh, I'm not about to start feeling sorry for Paris Hilton, but it's, uh, you know, there are shades of gray. Everybody has their story, and it's so interesting how when you get to when you get to know someone or you learn about someone more, and you show a curiosity in who they are and why they are who they are. For me personally, I just end up loving them more, because I have more understanding of what made them who they are. Anyway, so I I watched that. I binge-watched all eight episodes of the first season of The Flight Attendant. I binge-watched the fourth season, the most recent season, of Search Party, which is such... I'm just keeping, keeping... you updated on my pandemic viewing because I swear to God, I have finished Netflix. I feel as though I have finished Netflix. It's completed. I've watched everything, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon prime. I know it sounds wacky. I swear to God, I finished them all. So anytime anything new drops and I'm watching it, like I'm going to keep you in the loop because, Oh, and the thing with search party is it's so incredibly special. It is such a special show. I feel that way about Dave as well. Watching the first season of Dave on Hulu, I had no idea what it was going to be about. I was laughing the first 15 seconds in. It is such a special, hilarious show that blew my mind and I laughed so hard. And I feel that way about Search Party, which is now in its fourth season. And it's it's a millennial thriller mystery comedy absurd show it's so bizarre and absurd and hilarious the writing is fantastic the acting the performances superb I've had so many people who are responsible for the show on this very podcast when I actually used to have guests like Sarah Violet Bliss Charles Rogers are the co-creators of the show uh who else Jeffrey Self um My goodness, so many other people who are on the show. Bridie Elliott, just a million people who are responsible for the creation uh, of the show. Run, don't walk is what I'm saying. I watched all 10 episodes, completely moved. It's existential, so it makes you laugh. It's over the top. It's absurd, but then it also takes you to this place of like asking all the major questions about life and death and fulfillment and what it all means and who we are as people and what drives us at our core, which is essentially what great television does. You know, great art does that. Um, I know that I felt that way when I, 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 when I watched, um, when I watched Breaking Bad, which was another intense chunk of pandemic viewing for me. I'd never seen that show. Anyway, this, this episode is not supposed to be the TV episode, but, uh, I was moved, very much moved by Search Party on HBO Max. So I'm telling you, run, don't walk. Flight attendant on HBO Max, mm, not my fave. Not my fave, but I will say I went in having no idea what the show was going to be about. And the first episode, the pilot, as they say in showbiz, Tinseltown, if you will, um, first episode... I was like, fuck, what is this? This is sexy. I had no idea. What? She's, a, she's a drunken flight attendant. That makes me wanna be a promiscuous, fun, drunken flight attendant, travel the world and like, woo, like, you know, and then it turned into something else. And I was like, Holy fucking show, where are we going with this? And I was in. I got hooked, but still, it's no search party or breaking bad or the Americans or Dave. All right. All different genres I just mentioned, but I'm just saying loved those shows. This show, it was fine, but I still kind of recommend. Anyway, listen, let me give you the pertinent podcast info. If you like this show, if it means anything to you, if you want me to keep doing it, uh, thank you for one. And also fantastic. Subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, do leave a comment and, uh, tell your friends. Post on social media, tag me, I'll, I'll uh, re I'd, I'd love to see it. Anyway, and if you want to support the show, that is also a beautiful thing since uh, it's a pandemic and this is, my, this is my part-time job, I suppose. All donations are appreciated. And uh, you can donate to the Love Alexi podcast via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And now... I'm going to read your fucking emails. And I'm just so glad, one, to have the emails. But two, I was going to record the show the other day on a full moon. It was a rainy night. It was so romantic. It was sexy. It was beautiful. Full moon rain in Los Angeles. But I didn't. I didn't do it because... I was in the craziest, and we don't say these words lately, lightly, lately. I was in the most, I've been saying kooky too much. I don't want to say it. Anyway, the full moon just made me feel fucking bizarre. I like had a whole physical reaction of like anxiety, which doesn't seem so far off from me because you could be like listening right now being like, this is not anxiety. I feel like I'm listening to an, uh, the most anxious podcast I've ever listened to, self-referential podcast ever in the entire world. Uh, And she's clearly high, strong and anxiety ridden. No, this is me at my, just feeling good and charged. And, uh, you know, I'm four shots of espresso in, um, I like to cap it at six shots of espresso a day anyway, but the other day during that full moon, I don't even have to know a full moon is coming. If it happens, if there's a full moon happening, no, I don't charge my crystals. Thank you very much. Even though maybe I should but I don't, and I've never done that. Um, I will just physically feel the effects of a full moon. And my whole body, not in, like, a sexy, like, sexting way, like, it starts throbbing, like, anxiously, like, (sighs) but not, like, in an orgasmic, exciting way, but I feel very, like, that's, uh, I'm just, that's supposed to be my, my, heart beating and coming out through my chest. Anyway. um, So I paused on doing the show on the night of the full moon and I just took it all in. I took it all in. Oof. I had a... Oh, that's none of your business. I'll tell you later. Maybe it'll, it'll it'll coincide with one of the emails I get. But here is the first email. And let me let you know, I don't read these emails beforehand. I print them out. I get a gauge. I don't know what you're going to talk to me about. And then I just go from there, baby. All right. Hi, Lexi. I've been a super fan of yours since I'm boy crazy, and I appreciate your honesty and humor so much. Two-ish years ago, I met a guy and got pregnant immediately. We now have a 16-month-old and are sort of happily married. Prior to that, I loved going out. I DJed records at a local dive bar and prided myself on the amount of alcohol I could consume. I love being bitchy. Ooh, wait a minute. This is getting good. Sorry, it's Alexi chiming in. Um, okay. Prior to that, I loved going out. I DJed records at a local dive bar, and I prided myself on the amount of alcohol I could consume. By the way, let me just say, I actually just moved the microphone from my left hand to my right hand, and that really made me feel like I could read this email more smoothly and actually understand what I'm reading. Isn't that odd? I think so. What's that all about? Email me. Dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Anyway. Alexi, I loved being bitchy, stealing often, and generally making horrible decisions while under the influence. I settled down, got pregnant, and put all that on the back burner for a while. Once I stopped breastfeeding, my husband and I would make cocktails or down two bottles of wine once the baby was down for sleep. Fast forward to New Year's Eve 2020. I decided for the sake of myself, uh, my baby, and my family, I could at least commit to a dry January. All right. I'm nearly a month sober. I feel amazing, but the identity crisis moving forward terrifies me. My husband is in the beverage industry and basically drinks for a living. I have the safety of quarantine to help conceal my improvements. But once we start socializing again, I think I've realized I've come so far without really knowing who I am, what I want, without always being under the influence. I don't even know where to start. I've cripplingly I have crippling social anxiety and booze has always been my favorite crutch or Adderall or Adderall and then I'm an amazing conversationalist. The idea of finding a therapist even gives me anxiety. I want to do better, but just getting started freaks me out. Love, A. Oh my goodness, A, what a fantastic email. Thank you for your honesty and sharing that with me and sending the email in. Um Okay, so you were asking me for my thoughts because that was the, the title of this email, thoughts. You know, I get it. It's not going to happen overnight. Feeling comfortable, being sober, and not drinking a lot and, um, and taking Adderall. For me personally, I have tried Adderall. You know, I've tried many drugs and I prefer not doing any drugs and I do prefer not drinking. I think it's the best choice. I, I think drinking is so fun and it's exciting and it can be very cathartic and freeing and blah, 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 whatever. But I do think dr- not drinking is so much better. It's a stronger move. It's cooler. It's just, it's just, It's just the best move for me at least. And I do highly recommend it for anybody who's considering it because it just makes life so much easier and less toxic, less emotional, less moody, less depressing. Um, but yeah, I get it. Like, it is nice to be sober during the pandemic because you're quarantining, you're at home, you don't have to be social. I too get social anxiety. Like even me, like having a. If I talk to somebody, like if I'm, you know, I'm dating during the pandemic because I'm single and uh, I'll have like phone calls, which are like major in 2021, you know, you have a long phone call, like you're in high school with someone. If I have a phone call with someone, I can get so nervous. Like not even talking about a FaceTime. If I have like a phone call and in real life, live fucking live phone call with someone, which I had yesterday, I can be completely anxious. And yeah, I don't have the crutch of alcohol. I mean, of course I could go buy some, but it's like I don't want that because I want to power through and then I get stronger and more confident. And I realize, oh, I can get through anything. I don't need alcohol. So let me look at your email again because I understand you're also feeling anxious at the idea of finding a therapist But what I'm getting from you is you want to know who you are. You're coming to terms that you've been kind of like self-medicating and pulling the blinders and not having to get to know yourself because you've been, you know, what is the word? What is the phrase? Dulling your senses. I would just want to disappear. I would drink because it just takes the edge off. And if I couldn't handle what was going on around me or I was shy, it gives me false courage and, you know, liquid courage. And I would, could kind of disappear. I could just dull my brain and my thoughts and my discomfort. And I, and yeah, and I could tune out. But if you have to do that, that's a problem. Why? To look at why you're doing that is very important. Um, I know now that like, oh, and I used to do stand-up comedy a long time ago, like when I was very young and, uh, I would drink before I did it. And that's so dangerous because all of a sudden, okay, I'd have one drink before I performed and it loosened me up. And then I'd be like, oh, like I need that drink. And then, you know, my tolerance, my tolerance gets higher. So I'm like, oh, I need two drinks. I need Three drinks, you know what I mean? It's like a slippery slope. And the longer you don't drink and you walk through your feelings and you sit in your feelings, you sit with your feelings and you walk through situations, whether it's social stuff or looking at what your life really is with clear eyes, clear open eyes, you'll just strengthen a muscle and you'll, you'll be so proud of yourself because you'll be like, whoa, this used to be so hard. But now here I am. And I'm fucking so fucking strong because I can face the discomfort of life or whatever life throws me and I can be completely in my body without dulling my senses and I can make clear and informed decisions. Does that make sense? Because, and then, and also you're, you're, you're not living for yourself anymore. You have a child, you know, like you don't want to be out of it. And also like, I feel like a new way of being a a drunk parent or an alcoholic kind of, addicted parent is uh, being glazed over on your phone all the time because that's like almost like alcoholism where it's like that you're with the kid but you're not really there and you're not present with them so that's something to be mindful of as well in general to people with kids or whatever um i think breathing really helps there're a lot of breathing exercises that can help you with anxiety i do think put one foot in front of the other ask around if you have any friends in your life that have what you want and when i say that i mean friends who are calm, friends who are not on drugs, friends who are not potheads, friends who are not boozers, friends who are not um, addicted to social media, even though I'm addicted to my social media, but I'm your friend. I'm your big sis now, baby. Um, and I'm working on it because I'm a work in progress. How dare you? Anyway, find, find people who have the attitude and the vibe that you like and that you want for yourself and ask them, like, who do you go, who do you go to? Do you have a therapist? I would love to talk to your therapist and ask around because finding a good therapist is like dating. You don't just like go on a date with somebody and you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's get married unless you meet them at a bar and you get wasted and you get pregnant and then there they are, you're in your life forever. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, and then you find someone who who works with you, who you gel with where it feels like a good fit, a good match. And you feel comfortable with them and you feel like you like how they speak to you and you can talk to them and be open. Because that's another thing with therapy. It's like, why bother going if you're if you're gonna hide stuff and not share? Like the only person you're shortchanging is yourself. Um so listen. If the alcoholism, not alcoholism, but if the alcohol situation is super hard. You can go to 12 step meetings. I do. I feel like I say the same thing over and over on every episode, but it's like, I get it. Like I'm not drinking. I have friends who are not drinking. I have friends in 12 step programs, whether it's narcotics anonymous or alcohol, alcoholics anonymous. Uh, my mom stopped drinking recently just because it's better for her all around, you know, because alcohol is a depressant, you know, it's like you hide from yourself, you black out, you brown out, you, you try to disappear um, and turn all your thoughts off. And when you remove alcohol, it simplifies your life. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be such a fucking like, Oh, don't drink, don't drink, do whatever you want to do. But if you're asking me about it and you are a, that's how you signed your, your, your lovely email. I'm going to tell you as a person who stopped drinking, I haven't been drinking since October of 2019. So however long that is over a year, I'm enjoying it. Plus during the pandemic, there's nothing really to celebrate and I'm not being social. So it's like, yeah. And I have been in situations where I've been with a small group of uh, friends who have all, we've all been tested and they've been drinking and I haven't been drinking and I got through it. And it was actually much easier than I thought. Two situations where that happened uh, during this 10 month pandemic. Um, I feel like I might act more drunk when I'm sober because I'm fully myself and I'm getting more and more confident being myself. And when I'm drunk, I'm so self-conscious of like being out of control or like people thinking I'm too drunk and I've got to like try not to slur, you know, not to slur not to be too much, not to overshare. And so it's like, there's this weird battle going on inside of me when I'm drunk where it's like, all right, keep it together. Try to be normal, but I'm drunk. So it's like this weird balance and that's like exhausting. So It gets easier the more time uh, that you're not drinking. Definitely know that you can go to, uh, you can Google Alcoholics Anonymous and whatever city you're in, and you can go to virtual Zoom meetings for AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's just nice to know, like, so you don't feel like, oh my God, nobody, I'm just, it's just me. I'm so weird. Like, my boyfriend's job's in the beverage industry, and I used to drink all the time, and everybody I know drinks. And I'm like this fucking freak who isn't drinking. I'm so boring. But you know what? There are so many incredible people who are so strong, creative, interesting, exciting, sexy, fun, fantastic, who do not drink and have been sober for so long. And when you go to an AA meeting, it's kind of cool because it's like, oh, Look at this room full of people and they've gone through crazier shit than me uh, and uh, and they're all not drinking. I'm not alone. I'm not a freak. I'm not all by myself in this situation. So it makes you feel like supported, like you have a community, which is a lovely, beautiful thing. So there you go. So good luck. Keep finding your, your uh, keep your search happening, going on that journey, trying to find a therapist that works for you. And, um. hmm, And I'm interested to know about – I love that you've gone nearly a month being sober and that you feel amazing. Um, But also don't overwhelm yourself thinking about like having to do this forever. Just be like, I'm not drinking today. I'm not drinking today. Um, That that way you don't feel like you have the pressure of like the rest of your life to maintain the sobriety. It's like just keep doing it. Keep doing it. And then when you get presented with a situation where – Alcohol is presented, which is so often because alcohol is everywhere. It's so difficult to avoid. Ask yourself: Is this helpful for me? If I drink this, is it helpful? I'll feel bad. Like go through how it would unfold. All right, I'm not probably not gonna just have one drink. I'm probably gonna have two. Knowing me, probably three or four or six. Um, I'm gonna. I might embarrass myself. I might do something I regret. Um. I might hurt someone. I might hurt myself as far, even like emotionally or physically. Uh, I have a baby I have to be clear and present for. It's not going to help with that, is it? I'm going to wake up the next day. Alcohol is a depressant. I'm going to be hungover. I'm I'm going to feel lethargic, move, moving slowly and sluggish. So, you know, go through in your head, play it out. And then you can go, oh, I, uh, it's... I'll drink root beer. I'll drink a Coca-Cola. I'll have a seltzer. I'll have a fun mocktail, whatever. Um, that way I look like I'm drinking so I don't feel like I'm like exposed because you have every right to not feel exposed. And then you won't have the aftermath of a hangover and, uh, you know, post-party socializing, spiraling. Anyway, I hope that helped. And I do want to say... If any of you out there like my advice or you want like a full-on one-on-one hour-long session, just you and me, so I can be your private big sister, I'm not saying I'm a cam girl. How dare you? It's, it's how, how dare you? I am an emotional cam girl, I've decided, um, because I provide Zoom sessions one-on-one, whoever you are, wherever you are, all around the world, male, female, whoever, and whatever you identify as, um... I offer these things called big sister sessions where I serve as your big sister, make an appointment. You can click the link in my Instagram and it gives you all the information. You can book a session with me and then it's just you and me, baby, for an hour, one-on-one over Zoom, over Zoom. And you just tell me all the stuff that you're going through and you want to talk about and I'm there for you. There I am giving you all my thoughts and feelings and fantastic advice I graduated the school of hard knocks and, uh, you know, I've been through it all, humiliated myself and spiraled enough for all of us. So you don't have to hopefully, and I can, uh, you know, I can be receptacle for your woes, for your stress anyway. Okay. I'm going to read another email. Hey, I follow you on Instagram and I have a question for you to discuss in your podcast. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, this email is entitled dating. Now, since most guys are interested in sex, what would you do if they were flirting or asking sexual questions on first few dates? I usually don't take guys seriously when they do that, but I don't want to be single for the rest of my life. I'm neither experienced in dating or sex. If you can sense it on a first date that they just want to have sex, what would you do? Last guy I dated, he asked me if I'm submissive or dominant before we even went on a first date. Jesus Christ, man uh, Alexi, please keep this anonymous, and you can send me a link to the episode you're going to discuss this. I would really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. All right, Sarah, you're anonymous. You're a uh, your fake name. I love it, Sarah. Um, well, I don't have all the information. So this is like for everybody else who's ever going to send me an email. the The more information you give me, the better. I'm not saying I want. Uh, you know, I don't want an encyclopedia worth. I don't want a super thick, chunky, 10 page email, but you know, age, age would be great, but I get what you're saying here. So yeah, guys, are people, people are interested in sex. Um, are you a virgin? I want to know, but here's the deal. You dictate what it is. All right. You're living for you. You're going to put the oxygen mask over your face, as they say on a, when you go on an airplane. You take care of yourself. You put that oxygen mask over yourself before you put it on the baby next to you because you can't help anyone else until you help yourself. I hope that made sense. Did it? I think. Anyway, um, here's the deal. Just listen to your intuition. Listen to your intuition. And this goes to the last person who wrote me an email To you, A, and to you, Sarah, intuition is so important, all right? And a way to quiet yourself and to quiet your mind, a wonderful way to quiet your mind is through meditation. And I don't mean to sound like a fucking broken record on every single podcast, but you know what? It's like the same things Sometimes have to be hammered home and hammered hammered in again and again over and over so the information lands to whoever's out there listening to the show now. But I will say it's so important to listen to your intuition and the best way to hone your intuition and to get in touch with it and to quiet your mind is by meditating. A lot of people try to quiet their mind by drinking because the voices in your head, I know from experience, are so loud and so fucking obnoxious and so intense. Pardon my crass cursing. Cursing a lot lately. Anyway, um... Yeah, I recommend meditation and I don't know. And also like I was just journaling earlier. Yeah, I said it. I'm journaling. I've been journaling. And in a weird way, that's kind of like me talking, like me being spiritual or talking to something in the ether, whether it's a God or a spirituality or the cosmos or the universe or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yes, I cursed again. Um, but I feel like people say... I don't know who these people are, but they said it, and I, I like it. Um, people say prayer is talking to God, and meditation is listening to God. So you can like, if you're not into like God talk, which I totally don't blame you. I'm I'm like half Jewish, but not even really Jewish, living in Los Angeles and Tinseltown, Hollywood, and I love astrology. So like, I'm not religious, but I do believe in the magical uh, beauty of. The th- all the things I don't understand, what might be out there in the cosmos, in the ether, in the whatever. It makes living and life way more interesting. So, yeah, I talk to somebody. I guess that's my form of prayer. And I can do it whether I'm writing in a journal or just talking in my head to somebody up in the sky or whatever. And then I do transcendental meditation because that, Quiet my loud, obnoxious mind. By the way, I want to stop being so harsh on my mind. I don't mean to keep calling you obnoxious, baby. I'm so sorry. Anyway, so I meditate and I went to the David Lynch Foundation and I did a course. Go to tm.org if you're interested. And I did during the pandemic, during fucking lockdown, I did this. And it was one in person session wearing masks. That of just me and my instructor. I got my mantra. Sounds ridiculous, totally magical, fantastic. Changed my life. Changed my life. I will say this loud. Not drinking and learning transcendental meditation changed my fucking life. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. I have suffered so much for no reason and for reasons. Um And I will say that I have never been happier in all my life. And that happiness occurred during a global pandemic. And that was the removal, even though I stopped drinking before pandemic, the removal of alcohol and the practice of transcendental meditation changed my life. And I'm not so different, but I'll tell you what's different. The pain I experience in my body, the internal suffering, the anxiety the voices in my head the the like constant self-talk the negative self-talk the second guessing myself the questioning of everything and i'm not saying i don't still get that way i do here and there but it's so much less and it passes so much more quickly so let me how does this relate to your email sarah it relates because i highly recommend meditation centering yourself, grounding yourself in you so you don't look to others to make you feel seen, loved, important, validated. That's such an important thing to not do. It's so important to not look outside of yourself for validation, self-esteem, self-worth. I mean, this is like tale as old as time. Tail as old as time, baby. And I'm still working through this all the time myself. It's like a you have to it's a living I'll say it, I'll say it on probably on every podcast. It's a never ending thing because you know, it's what makes the world go round. People are hustling and trying to be famous and this, that, and the other, and like to get all this stuff to make them happy. And then, you know, you've heard quotes from people, I'm sure on some meme on Instagram where it's like, oh, wow. I'm sure it's like, I think it's a Jim Carrey quote. You know, I hope everybody gets everything that they think they want so they can find that they're still not happy because that will not bring you happiness. Even though it's cool to like do stuff that makes you, you know, it gets you in a zone. It's nice to make money because money is a very helpful, wonderful thing and provides a lot of, uh, as much um, security as it can provide. Not all the security, but a lot of security and it provides freedom. So it's always nice to make a living doing something that you love doing as opposed to like some soul-sucking job. And it's also nice if you're an artist or you receive pleasure uh, doing whatever it is that you do, whether it's like, whether you're an entrepreneur as they say a business person or you're an artist or you know whatever there's something very meditative in that when you enjoy the doing of something oh that is like the secret that's like the meaning of life and when you're like sharing whatever it is your gift is with people and it make it that's a beautiful thing but anyway don't my point is long story so long sarah listen to your gut and if you're not into it and you feel like the person is being too brazen, if they're being too pushy and asking you too much about sexual stuff and they never even met you, they can back the fuck off. They should be... I mean, in my opinion, there's no should or shouldn't be. Like, people gravitate who they're meant to be with. Like attracts like. Some This guy pushing himself, like, asking all these questions. Listen, he's either going to get together with you because you end up being a people pleaser and you're, like, allowing that behavior and he's going to get away with what he can get away with and he needs to find someone who is a people pleaser and will let him behave that way, even if they're uncomfortable, or he's going to meet somebody who's into that and he'll meet somebody on his level who like where that matches up, but it doesn't matter about him. It has nothing to do with him. Go towards what makes you feel good and safe and cozy and happy and right. Um, If you don't like the way he's talking to you, you don't even have to say anything to him. Um, you don't have to tell them you don't like it or you can or you can just not say anything and be like, "Oh, I don't feel like this. I, you know, I'm not feeling it." You do whatever is right for you. I'm going to look at this again. What would you do if they were flirting or asking sexual questions on the first few dates? Um I it all depends on what I'm doing. I'm a f- huge flirt. Um and you say you're not experienced in dating or sex. Uh and if you want something deeper, just pay attention. you got to know what you want and vibe it out and feel it out. You know, like if you, what do you want? I don't know. Do you want a boyfriend? Do you want a connection? What do you need? And it took me a long time to recognize my needs and what kind of romantic relationships serves me in the best way as far as like me being my best version of myself and somebody else being the best best, best version of themselves. Because um, I've t- had, I've tried to make it work with people, where I was so want it to work, but like, oh, I'm really trying not to use the word love language. Use that phrase; that phrase irritates me because it's so overused. But like, one of the most beautiful things about living, and, ha- and you know, in your lifetime, is getting to know yourself, right? Like getting to know yourself. And hopefully you get to know yourself more and more and more every day, every step of the way. And every uncomfortable experience you have or wonderful experience or confusing or irritating experience or whatever makes you learn your reaction, your physical reaction to it shows you what you want for yourself and what you don't. And if you're uncomfortable, that this person is speaking to you the way he is speaking to you. Well, listen to that. If you don't like it. Oh, good. Now you know. Oh, all right. Look at it from a, you know, a point of curiosity. The vantage point of curiosity, like, oh, I don't like this. Like move towards what feels good, move away from what doesn't feel good. But also, trust people are showing you who they are. And if that's how he's behaving and you're not into it, move on. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And I know for myself, it took me a while to realize this. Like, I, I can find love for anybody, really. Like, I, you know, whatever somebody looks like, whatever, how they talk, who they are, what they do. For, like, people are fascinating to me. But only recently have I learned, like, what, like, the quality, what kind, of, I've only recently learned what I need quality wise in a relationship that makes me operate in the happiest way I can operate. Like I need to talk to somebody. I need to feel, I need to be my complete self with someone and not kind of change myself trying to be what I think they want me to be or what they want me to be. I've got to be able to talk to someone freely and have them not get upset easily I also realize I have to accept another person and keep my eyes open and look and see who they are and be really honest with myself and be like, do I accept this person? Because I'm not trying to get into a thing where I don't accept a person fully because that's fucked. Um, That's not fair. And I'm part of the problem if I do that. Anyway. So listen, there are no rules. There are so many different types of people. So you have your experiences, Sarah, and then... you're in charge of you. You are not powerless. And if you don't like something, you can say it, you go, God, you're making a lot of sex jokes real fast. Not super into that. And you don't have to have sex. You don't have to kiss super fast. You don't have to do any of that. Take it at your own pace and have an idea. Like, what am I looking for? Okay, well, I want to have a boyfriend. I don't want a one night stand. So maybe you'll wait longer before you have sex. Maybe you can make that clear to the person. Like, oh, I'm i'm you know i don't want to be having casual things i want like i want something special i want something serious i'm i'm into the idea of having a relationship just you know and maybe you'll meet somebody and you don't want that with them but you think they're lovely it doesn't mean you have to think people are pieces of shit and be like fuck this asshole you can be like oh they're nice but you know what they're not for me and it's such a nice softer way to go about living anyway i hope any of that helped um I don't think I'm going to send you a link of the show because because I'm just hope you're listening. You submitted it. You submitted the email and now you should be listening. God damn it. Anyway, thank you for your email. I'm going to read a third email because I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a three email episode and, uh, and then I'm going to get out of here because I feel like my attention span has been lower. And I listened to a podcast the other day. Again, I, I like Bethany Frankel because I love The Housewives and I liked the Paris Hilton documentary. So I was like, oh my God, Bethany Frankel has a podcast. I love the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. He wrote Less Than Zero and American Psycho. And he wrote a book called Glamorama, which I love. And he's just so interesting and I love him. And he has a podcast called the Brett Easton Ellis podcast which I adore it comes out every two weeks when it does I feel like a new sneaker is dropping at Supreme or what have you anyway and then I just found out that Bethany Frankel started doing a podcast and she's the skinny girl margarita fan favorite housewife of New York or whatever she's no longer on New York housewives but whatever and she was interviewing Paris Hilton So uh, I listened to that, and her podcast was like 45 minutes. Some of them were like a half hour. I was like, I like this. I can listen to it in the bathtub, even though I fucking take two-hour baths. Um, By the way, let's see if I curse less in my next podcast episode, whenever that one drops. But yeah, that's why I'm going to keep it to three emails today. Um, So I can languish in the emails. I can languish in them and uh, really spread out my thoughts and get into the rigmarole of what's going on anyway. Um, all right, here's the next email. All right. This one's called help losing the relationship magic. Hi, Lexi. I wrote, I need to have a sip of my coffee. Hold on. I'm also getting addicted to chewing ice, which means uh, I'm anemic. It's been a long problem. It's been happening for a long time. By the way, if you crave ice, hot tip, it means you're probably anemic or you have an iron deficiency. So I'm trying, especially for women, depending on your period, you can become anemic or iron deficient because of your period. I don't want to share more than that. I think you're getting the hint. I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Anyway, I'm drinking an iced coffee right now and uh, I'm wanting to chomp on the ice, but of course I'm not going to do that. Of course I'm not going to do that on this episode because that would be disgusting for one, totally rude for two. And uh, if I cannot drink for 16 months, I cannot chew ice on my own podcast. All right, I've got to have a little bit of self-restraint, a little bit of self-control, but I'm going to have a sip of my coffee because my coffee addiction will never die. All right, here we go. Ugh. Sometimes it's nice to just slow it down, slow it, slow, slow it down and live in the silence. I enjoy the silences of my podcast and in conversations when I have phone calls with people during this pandemic. It's just like the silence. Oh, so sexy. Even like hearing somebody breathe when you're on a phone call with someone, it's so, and you're not FaceTiming, it's just a phone call and they're like. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so turned on. I'm not talking about phone calls with my mom. I'm just saying in general, like if I'm talking to a a guy or a flirtation or in general, like, ooh, the sound of a voice on a voice note. It's like amazing. Like what that can do to the senses. It's just, you know, because not seeing people in real life, sounds are incredible. Anyway, let me read this. All right. Hi, Alexi. I wrote, uh, I wrote into six years ago. Oh my God. Six years. How about, okay, whatever. Let me start this over. Hi, Alexi. I wrote into you six years ago. OMG, six years about how I was not sure what to do with my life And that I was worried I would end up not fulfilling my potential slash living in a pizza box by the side of the road, et cetera. Well, your advice slash pep talk in the form of a slap in the face, uh, was incredibly helpful. I now live in a different city, 3000 miles away. I have a great job. I'm financially stable and I live with my long-term boyfriend who I love a whole lot. Now here's the thing. All right. What's the thing? I have always been very uninterested in marriage and I definitely don't want to have children. Ooh, all right. Love it. Very cool. A woman who knows what she wants. However, we are in our early thirties and many of our friends have become engaged in the last 12 months. I think this may be a pandemic side effect. Really? Because I feel like I'm hearing about people like wanting to kill each other and getting divorced and splitting up, but I like where you're going. Much more positive, cozy vibes on your end um all right i still don't want to get married but i'm suddenly very aware that my boyfriend and i have hit our limit we have hit our limit in terms of romantic displays we moved in together six months ago and for a couple who aren't progressing toward marriage and don't want kids it feels like this is as far as we go there are no more milestones left for us beep not true the chiming in all right back to you uh, Alexi, I'm worried we are sinking into comfort. We are sinking into comfort together and losing the excitement we had when we were just dating. Back then we would go out to dinner on weeknights. We'd stay up late talking and drinking. He would sleep over at my house and fuck me before we both rushed off to work. It was so exciting. Now we wake up and we go to our computers to start the work day. Ugh, I hate that. And I really try not to use the word hate often. This is Alexi chiming in again. Um, it is my podcast. How fucking dare you? Let me do what I want to do. It gets me through it. Um, anyway, I don't like that. When people just immediately reach for their phones and like glaze over and go into their weird cyber worlds. So annoying. Anyway. Uh, um, mm, okay, now when we wake up, we go to our computers to start the work day. We alternate who's cooking dinner and vibe shows together did you mean view shows together we spend all day in the same building because of the lockdown here i'm grateful and appreciative of our comfort level together but also wondering how to get the spontaneous fun back into our relationship it's starting to feel very routine as i'm not ready to become a boring old person and i don't think he is either being cut off from our friends doesn't help but it's a pandemic what can you do everything non-essential is closed here so it's just grocery stores and pharmacies open. So it's not like we could go out to dinner or drinks, even if we wanted to. We don't. We're both being safe, but it takes a mental toll for sure. Any advice? Much appreciated. P.S. I've been listening to you since 2008. Oh my God. 2008. I can't believe that. Oh my God. 13 years I've been podcasting. Whoa. Whoa. What a, what a, oh my God. Okay, back to you. I've been listening to you since 2008 and have found memories. I've not found, I have fond memories of reading the blind, leading the blind in my university dorm room. And I'm 30 now. I've gotten a little wiser, but I'm not caught up to you yet. Aw, you're sweet. Alexi, thanks for being one of my teenage role models who actually did not get less cool the older I got. You're a true icon, XOXO, re. Oh my god. Thank you so much for this. Well, listen. What a wonderful email to uh to kind of end on so I can dive into it already an hour into the show. I'll never be as bite-sized as Bethany Frankel, I suppose. God damn it. Wonder whatever. One day, one day. This is my show. I talk a lot, as we know. Um well, <sighs> Also, I'm glad I'm getting a lot of, uh, last week I was getting, I had a lot of uh, emails from men, men and women, and now this week I think I've only read emails from women, so it's nice that I'm getting, I'm getting messages from everybody, it's not just one-sided, um, I think all of that I just said is politically incorrect somehow, and I apologize. I just mean I'm just glad it's not just men who are responding and writing me emails that aren't real because I'm putting out thirst traps or whatever. My favorite responses to my thirst traps are from women. I've been posting a lot of thirst traps on my Instagram, and I'm just really excited about it. I call myself a neurotic thirst trapper because I'm talking a ton and overthinking, which is a fucking horrible phrase. I've got to get that out of my vocabulary. I just think everybody else is underthinking. Anyway, um, so anyway, I've been loving thirst trapping. And then I get messages from women and I get their numbers and I think they just want to be friends. And I just love it. I love it all. And they're like, Where'd you get that launch ram? I want to purchase it too. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you, girlfriend. Anyway, okay. Um, well, first of all, thank you for calling me an icon. That's all anybody ever wants to be called. And you just made my quarantine life. And another thing, I mean, God, okay, not to quote the, just like say the thing that we've heard a million times, but we are living in unprecedented times. All right. You are in a relationship living with a man during a global pandemic that things are closed. You're supposed to be quarantining. You're more isolated than you've ever been in your life you're just with another person. I don't know what that looks like as I'm quarantining alone. I mean, I was quarantining at my mom's house for the first like couple months and then I've been back at my place by myself. Um, You know, and it gets lonely, but then I also really love it. I can't even imagine what I would do if I had been quarantining for like 10 months with a guy I'm dating and living with, you know? So just be gentle with yourself don't think you need to be propose, like you guys have to propose to one another in order to be like okay we uh we proved our love on a new level it's like you let him if he wants to propose great if you don't want to get married great if he doesn't want to propose fine like if, if you want him to propose great fine too like you know I suppose as an outsider looking into this relationship you're in it like you are just it is what it is for lack of a better phrase but I actually think it's a fantastic phrase. people give that phrase shit it is what it is. what does that mean? You might as well be you know whatever like but this is what it is right now. You're under the same roof with a person you're getting comfortable and cozier and comfortable more comfortable with this person and you're just and maybe it seems mundane. yeah that's what everybody's going through now in some way or another, you know so are you fucking are you having sex is he going down on you are you giving him blowjobs are you having sex on the kitchen counter you don't have kids you two are together um what can you do can you make plans for the future can you learn new things can you go off on your own in your own cubbyhole and like learn a new language or do your work or read a book or listen to a podcast like this one by yourself and then he'll do his thing and you come back to the table uh metaphorically speaking, you come back to this table and you're like, oh, this is what I did today. And this is what I learned. This is what I got into. And then that's how you charge up your exchange with one another. And I do think fucking is important. And I'm saying fucking because I've not had sex. Like I've had, I've had like lots of like virtual sex or whatever, which is just sexting, but I like calling it cyber sex or virtual sex because it's funny to me and it makes me laugh. Um, by the way, I'm getting extremely caffeinated. My two more sips of my Oh my God, do you hear that? I can't believe it just stopped the minute I noticed. I have an announcement to make, everyone. I am not quarantining alone. I'm quarantining with a cricket. I'm quarantining with a cricket. The cricket, I don't know what the gender is. Genderless? The cricket lives in my laundry room. I will walk towards the laundry room and I'll go, hello? And the cricket will stop. And the cricket is so loud. So loud. He comes to life at night. He, she, what have you, whatever. The cricket, they come to life at night so loud. Even when the laundry door is closed. And I just heard the cricket. And I don't know if you could hear it throughout the podcast, but whatever. I was trying to zoom in on the fact that I'm I'm looking at my now watered down iced latte, my three shot, um, what is it? La Colombe, La Colombe latte that I bought at Trader Joe's and a really chic white and red plastic container. It's basically, it's, I'm sure, I mean, I'm, I don't, whatever. I, I, they should, I would love for them to sponsor the podcast. So I'm not going to make any kind of, um, joke at their expense. It's fantastic. I'm addicted to these these La Colombe three shot foamy espressos and I fucking love the can and I'm on my second one of the day all right second one of the day it's watered down I've had about three or four sips and I think it's really taking me over the edge I think I'm like I'm peaking I think I'm peaking like if I were on acid or some kind of like or an ecstasy or whatever yeah it's gonna get weird I better wrap this show up soon. Anyway, um I don't know. All right. Rihanna, I don't know. Re Rihanna, whatever you Rihanna, wh- however you pronounce your name, I hope I one of those pronunciations was correct and you appreciate it or approve of it, but um Don't worry about the the marriage thing. I know people who are engaged, who are married, who have kids, who've been together forever and everything looks great and they're miserable. Like it doesn't mean anything. It's about how you feel with the person you're with. Check in with that feeling. Talk to them. Are you two communicating? Are you, you know, make sure you have your own life and they have their own life. And I know you're under one roof, but like, you know, taking up some salt bath, go off on your own, have your activities, do your work, if you don't want to wake up right first thing in the morning and grab your phones or get on your computers and like just ignore each other, then talk about it. You should be able to talk about that and be like, uh, and, and the way you two communicate says a lot about like where you're at emotionally, where they're at emotionally. And it's just an opportunity to get to know one another better. So like maybe you can do a thing. I mean, I'm doing it on my own and I've done it before in relationships and I would definitely do it again. Leave your phone in the living room. Turn it on silent put it in the living room. When you're in the bedroom, there's no phone there. You make a pact. Don't reach for it. First thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, if you both wake up at the same time, say good morning, kiss, fuck, have sex, make love, whatever you want to call it. Like these things are sacred. Relationships are sacred and they're important. And you have to check yourself before you start taking things for granted and going about behavior that causes resentment or is irritating and you have to tell the other person because they're not mind readers. So, I say relax on the marriage thing, don't look at other relationships as a guide for what your relationship should be. Check in with yourself. Again, weaving all of the advice I've been giving through all these emails, check in with yourself, get get clear and grounded in yourself and how you feel and what you want, and a great way to do that is through, you know, whether it's journaling or speaking to something or whatever uh, journaling, therapy, prayer, and then also meditation. And that gets you kind of like your side of the street is clean. You're checking with yourself. You're getting grounded in who you are, what you want. So you can get fucking strong in that and continue to know who you are and know what it is that you want and what you don't want and what makes you happy. And then, yeah. And then his job is to do that for himself, your boyfriend or whatever. But, you know, if you want to talk to them about this, I don't see any reason why you two can't have a lovely, calm, casual, constructive conversation over dinner. And also, like, make dates for yourself at home. Yeah, cook. I love that you're taking going back and forth and cooking, whatever, and this, that, and the other. It should never always be one thing. It should never always be the same thing. You're not. It doesn't mean you have to have sex every single morning and every single night, even though that's great and I love it, but, you know, you've been in a relationship for longer than me. But, yeah. Uh, trying to see how long you've been in a relationship for but uh yeah you moved in together six months ago you've only been living together for six months just enjoy it watch movies together have sex all over the apartment all over the house be kind to one another don't forget who you are do all the shit you need to do to make yourself happy again put the oxygen mask over your face before you put over anybody else's face. You can't help anyone else or be good to anyone else until you take care of yourself. Help yourself first so you can be of service and helpful to other people and be the best version of yourself. So you show up in the world to your partner and to your family and to your people uh, in your life in the best way you possibly can. So listen and also know, be gentle with yourself that you're figuring it out as you go. It's not like just a manual. I mean, I wish I had all the best advice. I'm giving you like thoughtful, big sister. I'm not part of your life. Like I'm an outsider looking in advice, which I hope is helpful. And, uh, but no, for sure. I don't have a manual for a pandemic. I mean, I, I have more insight into like navigating a relationship when there isn't a global pandemic. But, you know, just looking at it from a distance, that's my advice to you. And, uh, and things ebb and flow moods change on a day-to-day basis, especially during this bizarro time with everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on in the world. And it's not just the pandemic, you know, but there's a lot being thrown in our lives and on the news that we're reading about that's happening with people. And it's a sensitive, intense, unprecedented time. And you are navigating it as best you can. And the fact that you even know what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you want guidance with is major. So, you know, pat yourself on the back for that. And I'm sending you so much love. And thank you for writing into the show. And I hope any of that helped. And guys and girls and people and whoever's, whoever's out there, I've got to get out of my horrible habit of saying guys, but I always think of that as like genderless, but it's not, it's saying guys. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm working on that, I'm working on that, I'm a work in progress, how dare you? Anyway, I'm going to land this plane and I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. I hope the advice helped. Again, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. If you want to have your own big sister session, just you and me, I'd fucking love that. I would love that. Whoever you are, wherever you are, click the link on my Instagram at Alexi Wasser. Looking forward to DMing with you. I love DMing with strangers. Say hello. Shout me out on Instagram so I can uh re-story your shout out or what have you. And uh, wherever I end up seeing you, whether it's a one-on-one Zoom, Instagram, or uh, via email, yeah, send those emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. I want to receive your email asking me to be your big sister, asking me for advice, asking me for my opinion and thoughts on whatever it is that you're going through. And if you're listening now and you think, oh, she doesn't mean me, or it doesn't matter if I don't send one, I kind of want to send one in, but I'll put it off. It's no big deal. No, send one in. Here comes my neighbor. Very exciting. Send in an email. back to the show. Send in the email because getting your email, especially during this time, this quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution of a time, getting your email is as much a gift to me as me responding to it is to you because it makes me feel less alone. Anyway, all that having been said, most importantly, Thank you for listening to the show and I love you.